Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode on the Seacoast Community Church Podcast. And we are continuing our our walkthrough of John Piper's book, A Camaraderie of Conference. We began last week with the introduction, and now we are actually turning our attention to the lives of certain individuals. And today we begin with the life of Charles Spurgeon. Now, I actually did a podcast episode on the life of Spurgeon based on a book titled uh, The Christian Life, or rather, Spurgeon on the Christian Life. And that was, I believe, by by Michael Reeves, uh, an excellent book. I would highly commend that to you. And so uh, we're getting into Charles Spurgeon's life. And this is a man, and I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but this is a man who had experienced a lot of adversity in his lifetime. He was, his life was cut short uh, at the age of 54 uh, through, uh, through an illness uh, that he had been struggling for a very long time. So he didn't live uh, for very long. And so even in the short span of his life, even in the short span of his ministry, he had experienced many trials. His uh, wife of 36 years was Susanna uh, Thompson uh, or Susanna Spurgeon. Uh, she uh, became uh, sort of an invalid through a disease um, 12 years into their marriage and so for and so she so he was taking care of her uh, much of the time and on top of that he had a, a congregation that was incredibly large. I mean he would typically be heard by 6,000 people at his church and I don't know how many of those were members or not or not but it was I mean that's 6,000 people and uh, he's his, I guess at, according to um, According to some research, the largest indoor indoor crowd of his life that he had ever preached to was 23,654 people. And that's without a microphone. <laughs> that's incredible. But man, that is a lot of people. Uh, it's just, but his influence in all of Christendom, I mean, is was incredible and is still remembered to this day. Now, uh, Spurgeon's life uh, certainly was not easy. He had, uh, he had rheumatism, gout, Bright's disease, and all of these things. He, had, he also struggled with uh, depression and despondency uh, throughout many times in, uh, in his life. And so he had experienced many, many different trials. Uh, his life certainly was not easy. And on top of that, I mean, he was preaching several times a week. Uh, going from place to place, established an orphanage, established a pastor's college where, that he was teaching at on a regular basis. I mean, the man was incredibly busy if his life was not already hard enough because of the illnesses that he often struggled with. Now, the lessons from his life based on this book really are, are written for the pastor, uh, but the principles in the lessons really can be applied uh, to anyone's life as well. So uh, the the question is, how did somebody like Charles Spurgeon continue to preach through adversity? Right When the pastor's heart is broken, then he must still get up and preach with a broken heart. Right? How does a man do that week in and week out? And And so this is... And so this is some lessons from his life. How did he continue in ministry? How did he continue to persevere through all the things that he had experienced in his life? 
And also, I forgot to mention this. There was a moment towards the end of his life uh, where uh, that was known as the downgrade controversy. So the so the Baptist Union that uh, that was made up of many different Baptist churches, uh, there was a, a decline in doctrinal orthodoxy. Uh, they were uh, caving in the gospel, and Spurgeon was one of the few, if not, he may have been only the only person to speak out against such doctrinal uh, laxity, and for that he was highly, highly. Uh, and vehemently criticized by even many people, many pastors that he had considered friends. And he was essentially sort of cast out of the Baptist, uh, this Baptist union. And so there was the criticism that experienced through that, the criticism of the world as well, being a preacher that is incredibly well known by many people. There was that. And uh, some will say that it was this that really... One that that worsened his health, and uh, to uh, again just to paint, just to help you to better understand, just kind of the adversity that he had experienced. There was one time where he was preaching to a very large congregation, and there was a and it was in a building uh, that had uh, that was two stories, so there were people sitting up in the balconies, and somebody cried out fire. Even though there was no fire, he somebody cried out fire, and there was just a, a a mass exodus from that church building. Every people were stampeding over each other. A a, a part of that second story collapsed, toppling on top of people on the bottom. Uh, many people were injured. Some died. He felt incre- He felt incredibly saddened by this. He and it was in one close friend and biographer would uh, would even say that he never really fully recovered from this tragedy and even it was part of this that led to his early death so he feels in a sense uh, a, a guilt uh, for what happened there so anyways how does a man like this who's experienced these things continue in the ministry and preach through adversity so let us learn from his from his life so Spurgeon saw his depression as the design of God for the good of his ministry and the glory of Christ. So he saw the the despondency, the depression that he often experienced as something that's come from God, sort of like a thorn in the flesh that the Apostle Paul experienced. And that he believed that God intended these things in his life in order to keep him humble. I mean, and of course, how does a man with such influence, with just... Uh, uh, a, a powerful ministry with somebody who is in, so eloquent, who is such an amazing preacher. How does that? How does a man like that not become prideful? And it was probably because of the depression that he often experienced in the other calamities that he experienced in his life. Not only that, but believe that the that the second purpose of his despondency was the unexpected power that he gave who his ministry. So I heard somebody once say that a, that a preacher is a dying man preaching to dying men. And that oftentimes when Spurgeon got up to, to preach to his people, he did it as a man who was broken himself. So the preaching, so the sermons that he preached was in a way really his preaching to himself. What else can we learn? And here's another thing that we can take away. Spurgeon was able to endure because he consistently nourished his soul by communion with Christ through prayer and meditation. How often do you spend time alone with God? 
to read his word, to pray, to meditate on the scriptures. Right? He calls this spiritual meals. And if you neglect these spiritual meals, then you will lack stamina and your spirits will sink, he says. So these are spiritual meals that we must not neglect. Just as you will not miss a single meal of your day, unless you're intentionally fasting for whatever purpose, right? how then could you miss the meal that comes from feeding on the word of God and prayer and meditation? This is sustaining for the life of the Christian. It is absolutely essential and necessary. Spurgeon rekindled his zeal and passion to preach by fixing his eyes on eternity rather than immediate price of faithfulness. Even as Christians, we want to see the reward of our enduring faithfulness here and now. And sometimes God allows us to see the fruit of such faithfulness, but sometimes he does not. And so to help us to continue to press on and push past through adversity is to fix our eyes on eternity. That even though we do not may not see the immediate rewards of our faithfulness now, the promise of the gospel is that one day you will certainly be rewarded in heaven. And so keep your eyes on eternity. Another lesson we can learn from his life is that Spurgeon had settled who he was and would not be paralyzed by external criticism and internal second-guessing. So he was confident of who he was, of his identity in Christ, and he reminded himself of what his identity in Christ was. He was he did not allow his identity identity, excuse me, identity to be determined by what outside people say about him and his ministry. Right? And it's and it's easy and it's tempting to hear such criticism from outsiders, especially even from from people that we love, that we care about, people that we respect, and to take that criticism and begin to second-guess ourselves and wonder, wow, maybe they're right. I mean, what if they're right? Maybe I am this way. No. No. If If you know that it is not true, then you need to remind yourself of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to look to the scriptures and let it define who you are and rest confident and your identity as a child of the living God. Lastly, how you and I can endure and push past through adversity is by finding the strength that comes from the assurance of the sovereign triumph of Jesus Christ. Christ has endured the cross, despised the shame, is seated at the right hand of God for us. And so, and from that, from that, we can draw strength to go about each day. Christ suffered much worse than we could ever suffer in this life. So that we may have him, so that we may have his spirit with us. And so, let us draw strength from the fact that Christ has triumphed over death, right? Over the grave, over hell, over Satan, over sin. And he did it for us. May we draw strength from that. And as it says in Romans chapter 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? Right? Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. More than that, Romans also reminds us or teaches us that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That even when we face adversity, that ultimately we are not struck down 
because whatever adversity we are experiencing, Christ defeated it at the cross. He has triumphed over it, and his victory is our victory as well. It does not make, I know, it does not make the adversity any easier or the experience of it any easier, but it allows us to be that much stronger to help get us through another day. And then the next day, we do it all over again. We draw strength from the cross of Christ to help us through that day. And we do that over and over and over again until God sees fit to withdraw that adversity from us, grant us relief, grant us his comfort, and restore to us the joy of his salvation. Amen. So come back next week, and we will then be talking about the life of George Mueller. <laughs>